Hi there. We're so glad you found the Fabric Podcast. Before you start listening, we wanted to let you know that this is one of our earlier episodes where our show was called The Check-In. On these episodes, we talk about the company, giving you insight into who we are and what we do. But in 2019, we realized we really want to focus more on company culture. So we refocused and renamed the podcast. So just a heads up that this earlier episode is still us, the team from The Receptionist, but just with a different show name and a slightly different focus. Thanks for listening. On this episode of The Check-In, we're joined by Katie K. May, owner and creative director of Creative Healing Philly, a teen support center. She opened the space so that teens would have a place that was made just for them to work on their mental health. She and her team of 12 other mental health practitioners offer group and individual therapy services and even support for parents. On this episode, we talk about how she created an inviting and warm space where teens would feel that they could work on anything that they wanted to and how they use the receptionist for iPad to do things like check in their clients, manage their time, and make sure that their front desk person really can focus on growing the business and serving the clients that they have. Stick around and learn more about Katie K. May and Creative Healing Philly. I am so excited to have our guest on today. Katie, how are you doing? Hi, Sarah. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Of course. So I am excited to talk all about what you are up to. Your therapy practice focuses on teens, which I think is an amazing niche to focus on. And I love how you branded yourself. So what's the story of how you started the practice focusing on this particular niche of teens? Yeah, it's so funny because when I got my degree in clinical counseling, I wasn't sure who I was going to work with. I just knew I wanted to help people. And I landed in a position at a hospital working with children and adolescents. And so from having that experience, and I always knew that eventually I'd go into practice for myself and have my own business, I found that I was really good at working with teenagers. And not only was I good at it, but they tended to get good results and really resonate with the way that I worked. And so the way that I moved into private practice was by offering groups for teenagers, which was something that was so needed in our community. And so from there, you know, my practice grew to the point where I can't, I couldn't handle the referrals that were coming in. And so I hired people to work for me and with me. And we just scaled so quickly to the point where now I have a team of 12 and we're all specializing in the adolescent population and anxiety, depression, you know, mental health issues with, with our teenagers. Wow. That's exciting. And so what's the time frame from when you started your private practice to now having 12 people working with you and for you? So I started my private practice in 2015. So that was four years ago. Um, and I, within a two year time frame, I just, you know, like I said, could not handle the referrals yeah. on my own. I knew I wanted to make a bigger impact. It made me sad to have to turn people away or send them somewhere else. And so I hired my first couple employees at the time. I was like, I'll just have like a couple people that come on and work with me and that share this mission with me. And so I rented a space and we had four offices and we were serving teenagers. And pretty soon it just got to the point where every office was full every day of the week. And over this past summer, I actually purchased a commercial building double the size where now we have, you know, we have grown to this team of 12 and I'm actually considering maybe adding one more lucky 13 perhaps. Yeah. Just because, you know, we're really passionate about helping teens and and specializing in this area. I don't see it a lot. No, I, I agree. I don't think this is something you see so focused on this niche and done in this particular way. And what a good problem to have in some ways, like you said, you don't want to have to send people away. So continue to be able to serve them and bring in more people who are able to do that. 
So that's amazing how you've grown, not only in your sort of staff, but the sizing and having a whole building. So when it comes to creating an environment that feels welcoming to teenagers, what did you have to consider? How are you creating an actual space where they like to come? My goal in creating what I call a teen support center, that's what I have, was really to have a place that teenagers felt like they could come home to, that they could come in, they could kick off their shoes, they could be themselves. And so every office doubles as a group room and each office has a sectional in it. And we do have teens that come in, they lay on the couch, they kick their shoes off. We have a lot of like sparkly pillows and some stuffed animals. Of course, we have chocolate in every room. So just some of those creature comforts and a lot of, you know, bright colors and and fun art prints and every room has art supplies and just things that let our teenagers come in and know that they're not going to mess up the space by being themselves and, you know, really relaxing into the space. Absolutely. Now, do you also see parents with your teens as well? We do. So we have one parent specialist on staff who also sees teenagers, but tends to work with a lot of our parents and run some parenting groups and programs and a couple other other of our therapists who will work, um, do family work or parenting work too. So we have a mixture of specialties and and some that don't do that parenting work, but it's nice to have the complement of those that do. Because obviously, teenagers don't live in a vacuum, absolutely. you know, so things that impact teens also impact parents and vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the parent can heavily influence what's going on with the teen. And I think the more stressed we get as parents, it trickles down to the kids. So being able to support those parents is, is very important. So you mentioned that you started with teens um, doing groups, which is so important. And, is, and as you said, so needed. And you now offer both as your practice, individual and group therapy. Why are so important? Why are both so important for this demographic? I think that groups are especially important for the teenage demographic because developmentally teenagers gravitate towards their peers. It's that area of development when we're looking at wanting to spend more time with our peers versus adults. And so really they're way more receptive to feedback or an offering of a skill that might've been helpful when it's coming from their peers rather than an adult who, you know, maybe saying, do what I say and not what I do. If they're hearing it from other peers, they're really feeling supported. They're feeling more motivated. And they're being held more accountable. I've seen some beautiful things happen where one teenager may have been smoking or vaping and the rest of the group would say something like, you know, it's really unhealthy and we don't support this activity and help them to make healthier choices and have this kind of like social brain that holds them accountable for being healthier and, you know, essentially happier as well. And that being said, that that group piece doesn't let them dive as deep into some of the root of what may be driving their mood. And so having both individual and group support has been the way we've helped our clients really reach their goals more quickly than one or the other alone. Yeah, I I think, yeah, you're definitely painting a picture why both are so important for teenagers. So as you said, you have now this amazing building with lots of therapists and lots of people coming in the doors. So you're obviously working with us, the receptionist, your visitor management system. But when you started looking for one, why? Had you been using one before you started working with the receptionist? We had not. So in our old building, I mean, we have an actual live person that is our office um, coordinator. So we have someone that's up front and doing work. But in our old building, we didn't have any like window or anything like that where there could be somebody greeting guests that were coming in. So we had this, this awkward situation where if a client wasn't there directly at their appointment time, we were coming into the waiting room peeking to see if they were Mm -hmm. there. And then doing that five or six times sometimes, and it would feel awkward if there was another person waiting or a parent who would be like, I'm still the only one here and nobody else is here. 
So we, I really started seeking out what's some kind of system where we can be alerted to when our clients get here um, and we don't have to keep coming back and forth from our offices. So that felt even more important to me when we moved into a bigger space because our office person is here certain hours of the day, but we work up till 9, 10 at night and we certainly don't have someone here all the time. So we really wanted a system and for weekends as well um, that could alert us to when our clients were here without without that, you know, coming coming to and right. from the waiting all the time. Right. And with such a busy practice, even when you have someone sitting at a desk, they can't be serving all of the people all of the time. So you, you still, right. so both work together and really nicely in tandem. So you knew you needed something. How did you find the receptionist? So as a therapist and as a group practice owner, I'm in a lot of Facebook groups for <laughs> therapists. There's one in particular that I frequent. It's called, um, now I'm going to blank on the name of it. It's the group practice exchange. My friend Maureen Warbeck runs it. And someone in there had posted about how they were using the receptionist. They even posted a little video of like, here's how it works. And so it intrigued me. And I said, this is exactly what I've been looking for. Um, And then I, of course, downloaded the app and went to the website and like had it within a week because it's exactly what I wanted. Nice. So talk us through how you actually use the receptionist. Like what's the process that someone's going to use when they come in the doors to then, you know, alert the therapist that they're there. So when somebody enters our waiting room, we have a kiosk set up with the iPad on it and it says, welcome, please check in here. Somebody pushes the button and it brings up all of our therapist pictures and it says, please choose the therapist you're here to see. They click on the picture. They enter just their first name. We're not collecting any other information from them. And then it sends a message to the therapist and then the therapist comes out and greets them. And the message that I set up on the text says like, yay, like Molly is here or whoever, because we celebrate when our clients get here. Mm -hmm. So we just kept it really simple um, and it's working super well for us. Awesome. So um, yeah, I think that's important, right? That as a therapist space, you want to make sure you're not collecting personal information because of the, the constraints that you have around that personal information. So it's a great way to let people know that clients are there. Are you using any of the ways that we have, like letting the clients know, oh, the practitioner is running late, or we've had other um, therapy co-working spaces where they're like, someone shows up on the wrong day and checks in and it helps us know or let them know like you're not here at the right time. Have you found any times where it becomes useful in that way? Absolutely. So because we're getting notifications right to our cell phones, we've had it where, you know, some of my therapists travel up to an hour to work on their, on their days in the office. And so they've been able to call their client and say, hey, I'm running a few minutes late. You can go get settled in my office or, you know, I'll do that sometimes if I'm running to Starbucks up the street and I'll say, hey, you know, I'm right around the corner. Go ahead and get comfortable. You don't have to wait in the waiting room where all the parents are sitting. Um, Grab yourself a drink and and I'll be there in a minute. And so it really just lets us keep in better contact with our clients and give them a better quality of care, I think, because they were so connected to them. Absolutely. And teenagers are totally connected. So I feel like this probably works well for them. So what do the teenagers that you work with think about this technology that you're using? They're so excited about it. I mean, sometimes they'll come in and they like can't wait to check in or our groups. I don't always have them check in because they come right back into the office, but they want to check in. So now it's just a thing where like they really want to come in and use it and they get excited about any kind of cool technology that, I mean, even my employees who have other jobs at other therapy places will say like, you're so high tech here. You know, it makes me feel like I really have this higher level of delivering care here because of the the service that we have. Yeah. And say it, it sounds like it fits really well into the model of serving your clients well and giving them, you know, a very comfortable experience from the get-go. 
So what does the receptionist for iPad allow you to do that maybe you couldn't do before or that wasn't working as well? It definitely allows us to make better use of our downtime between clients. We can be getting notes done. We can, you know, be answering emails. So we're really managing our time better because we're not running to and from the waiting room. It also allows me to help my office manager use her time better. She doesn't have to greet the clients. That's not part of her job description. You know, she has that window there in case there's a billing or some other issue, but that's not part of what she needs to be spending her time doing. So time is my most valuable resource. You know, I want to make sure that when I have time, I'm either spending it with family, relaxing, or I'm doing something that's generating income for me. So this is a part of the the whole experience that we don't have to monitor and it's just taken care of. Yeah, absolutely. And we touched on this briefly already, but I think sometimes people have this idea like, oh, I have a front desk person. I don't need a visitor management system. But what you're describing is that they really go hand in hand. So can you just share a little bit more about kind of the the workflow of each? Because like you said, your front desk person, that's not really her job to greet people, right? So what is she up to um, that maybe she doesn't have to do because you use the receptionist? She is answering calls and placing people on the schedule and managing inputting any kind of um, checks or billing that we're receiving into the center. My priority for her is getting us new clients and making sure that the schedules stay full. And then the, the receptionist does the part of letting the clients check in when they get here. So I'd rather her be making sure that clients who need help are being connected to help by connecting them to a therapist and putting them on the schedule. And then when they show up, they already have a system for how they can check in and connect with that therapist. And that's great because that allows her to really continue to do her job and she's not getting interrupted, right? By people coming to say, I'm here to see Katie or I'm here to see Danielle or, you know, she can continue to do her job and not be interrupted by the constant flow of people. And she's there to do her job, which is to help. Correct. Exactly right. (laughs) Well, we love that. We love that, you know, it can make people's jobs easier. It can make um, the people's experience better. And really it's working hand in hand. For your therapist, what feedback have they given? We've talked a lot about the clients and how they love it. What about your your therapist? What do they think about the receptionist? They absolutely love it because again, it gives them more time. They have breathe room between clients where they don't have to run to and from the waiting room. I think the biggest thing for us was (laughs) minimizing that awkwardness of checking the waiting room a million times and it just being one person who's like, not me again. Right. (laughs) So that was something that, I mean, it it was the main motivator behind me seeking something out because it was just eating up time and not fun. Yeah. And like you said, time is such a valuable resource. No one wants to be wasting it. So that's great. Well, thank you. This has been a lot of fun hearing about what you're up to, how you're serving teens and how you're using the receptionist for iPad. So where can our listeners find you if they want to want to learn more about what you do? We are in the Philadelphia area and service teenagers. It is creativehealingphilly.com. So I'd love to connect with anyone who may need support or may know someone who is in need of support for their teenager. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Katie. This was a lot of fun. Thanks, Sarah. We hope that you got some good insight into happiness, what we've got going on to ensure that our team and our clients are happy, and maybe what you would like to do to increase the satisfaction or measure that satisfaction for your own clients and customers. And if you'd like to check out our two-week free trial with no credit card required and to see what we do to make our potential customers and then customers happy, check us out at thereceptionist.com.